This episode is powered and sponsored by Fortway Media. Whether it's a special event, your wedding day, or maybe a small business looking to make an advertisement or commercial, Fortway Media is the obvious choice. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. When you want to capture those special moments, look no further. Stop what you're doing. Check out fortwaymedia.com. Book an appointment today and don't miss out on another chance to get what you want in front of the big screen. Whether it is expert videography or photography, Fortway Media can match exactly what you're looking for. Fortway Media is known for helping out small businesses and everyone reach their dreams. Sign up today. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling. Scene 53. Take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by 4-Way Media, the podcast with a guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm JP Brooks. We're talking everything film and television, and today we are talking about Argyle. And we're going to skip cinematic news because JP is clearly in a mood. Yeah, I I don't care what's going on in cinematic news. Oscars in a month, who gives a shit? This movie is awful. Argyle is directed by Matthew Vaughn. It stars Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, John Cena, and Samuel L. Jackson. Argyle is about a writer named Ellie Conway, and she writes a book about this guy named Argyle, and he's a spy. But then something crazy happens. It turns out the things she write about might be true. And interested parties get involved. And we watch as Ellie learns more and more about the stories and the repercussions they have in the real world. That is Argyle. Da-na-na. Piece of shit. And that is actually how the movie goes. It really plays up these twists that really just were like, okay. There were like four twists in a row that happened like scene after scene. And I was just like done with it. JP and I have seen a slew of movies over the course of the last five weeks, and none of them were good. Uh, so we are very upset with the state of cinema right now. We we need a good one. Like, come on, just do it. The trailer was very misleading. It took all like the nice pieces of it, and they really dressed it up really good because the opening sequence, the CGI. <laughs> And that's the uh, that's the direction they were going with when they said, how do we make a car? How do we CGI that car? Oh, there you go. Yeah, it just was like, we were in 2024. Like, how how is it that bad? And this is coming from a director. He's the guy that brought us Kingsman. Like it. And its sequels. And he, And as much as, you know, some people had problems with Golden Circle. and But I actually really enjoyed them. I like them as well. He made Kick-Ass. No. Yeah. This guy made Kick-Ass? Yeah disrespectful actually disrespectful and he made x-men first class and days of future past i didn't see days of future past that is arguably one of the best x-men movies of all time i thought it had a stupid tile so i didn't want to go see days (laughs) of future past (laughs) but i don't know if you saw that movie that came out i think like either last year i want to say two years ago with sandra bullock and uh channing tatum she was the writer and she wrote, wrote oh, yeah, i thought that looked stupid so i didn't watch it this looked like the exact same movie of a writer that ended up inside of one of her novels and i know that wasn't that uh-huh. you know twist wise that's not technically what happens in this movie but that seemed like the same 
premise. Yeah, it's a good pull, actually. It's very similar. Uh, the premise, yeah. Pulls. The projector died during our movie. Yeah, crazy movie theater experience. Besides the fact that the movie wasn't good, first, the movie started late, 15 minutes. They skipped all of the trailers. And, of course, I had to make the stupid joke, wow, that looks really good. <laughs> Literally, it shows the green screen, the following preview, and then went, like, to the date screen. So they jumped through all those because it started late. I mean, this this movie's free. This is going to be a crazy forgettable movie of the year. Then I have to go to the bathroom. And normally I would never go to the bathroom during a movie theater unless, one, it's an emergency. Or two, in this case, the movie's just stinking. And I'm like, you know what? This movie is not worth it to hold my bodily fluids. I'm out of here. And I come back. And what happened, Nick? <laughs> the projectionist held the movie for you. <laughs> and I had this crazy pet peeve. If we're watching a movie and I got to go to the bathroom or I got to get up... I tell Krista all the time, don't pause the movie. Just let it run. So I'm at a movie theater. Like, the odds of your projector crapping out and not working. I came back. I was like, it was silent. I go, what happened? <laughs> Am I in the wrong theater? And You walked past me, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just like, what? And you told me, yeah, it was out. Now, they got it. I got to say, they got it fixed pretty quick. And they gave out popcorn to people. Not us. But they gave out popcorn to people. Oh, I thought that was a lie because we didn't get it. No, I watched, I watched him give out popcorn. <laughs> it is just so different from everything that Matthew Vaughn does. And the thing is, Matthew Vaughn writes, as you saw with his filmography, he writes a lot of movies that are meta. They're very tongue-in-cheek. They're very playing on the cliches and everything. It's playing with the cliches, but then it's also being those cliches at the same time. So it doesn't really subvert anything and just becomes a bad movie. Yeah, and it you can play on the cliches and then do them. And I think you can do them well, but this one doesn't do them well. They don't stick the landing well. It just feels cheesy, lazy. There's one thing I want to say with this movie. It is lazy. Another thing that Matthew Vaughn does very well, uh, jumping around a little bit, is soundtrack. If you think about the Kingsman, if you think about Kick-Ass, there are very clear action sequences that are built around music in the same way that Edgar Wright builds his sequences, like in Baby Driver. Mm -hmm. Like, they are very specific to the sounds. And this one just did not, none of the songs hit. Yeah, I didn't even like the funk one, the train one, which my, arguably, we haven't said yet, is probably the best scene in the movie. Kind of. I don't know. It's not the best scene. Just the action sequences themselves are staged very nicely. Yeah. And that's about all... That's the po most positive thing I can say about this movie. Is Not that the action scenes look visually nice. Whether or not they work is a very different story. Because if we talk about like the smoke screen sequence. Uh, which... Again, on a visual level, looks really nice. The CGI smoke, not so much. But overall, it just doesn't work for the tone because we're trying... You're trying to blend seriousness and comedy at the same time, and it's just not finding that's that right footing. And the movie feels more serious than comedic and then decides to make a comedic turn, but it doesn't do the turn very... You... you you will like this movie if you just turn your brain off. Kind of leave all conventional thought about physics and the world and how it works. And just leave it alone. And I think that's the only way to enjoy this movie. It is. It's a popcorn flick. But like the worst of the popcorn flicks. You said like, where's the tongue in cheek? And I think 
the tongue was just all inside the cheek. Like it was just salivating at this point. It was just doing everything and anything. It was throwing everything at the wall and everything was just sticking, but mildly. That's what I think it is. It's like if someone just shot like a Nerf blaster at the wall, like they weren't actual bullets. That's the way I would describe this movie. It doesn't pull you in. I'm never invested. I'm not really taken with any of the characters. And I think this is the first time that I'm going to say this, but I feel like the entire, uh, the two leads were wildly miscasted yeah they don't work well together either the chemistry is off or just they don't work well in those roles like just something felt wrong because i like uh bryce dallas howard and sam rockwell yes agreed i just don't like them in this movie it's almost like he's acting with somebody else and they like they acted separately and then they just stitched the editing together to make it look like they i don't care about any of the characters the best character arguably is the cat who I was also annoyed by at the same time, but I think might be the best character in the movie. Samuel L. Jackson is useless. The mom from Home Alone, useless. Brian Cranston might be doing the best performance. I think Sam Rockwell potentially also held it together, but I feel like it's also like, it's that thing you mentioned where it doesn't know if it's a comedy or a drama. Yeah. And it's supposed to be both of them, technically. Sam Rockwell's like introduction should and should have stayed strictly dramatic and bryce dallas howard should have been the comedy and that's how they should have balanced it out but instead both of them are trying to do the same thing and i think that's what doesn't work also i feel like just sam rockwell is just being sam rockwell and he's not that's why i don't give him the you know because it feels like brian cranston is actually trying i think he's just phoning it in and being himself it's still good even sam rockwell phoning it in and being himself is good but if you had to recast the two leads I have a good choice for Sam Rockwell's uh, replacement, to give you an idea. I think Owen Wilson would have killed that role. That would have been funny. Because he also already played that kind of role with I Spy. Yeah. And then, I'll tell you who I could have put in the lead. I would have put uh, J-Law. Oh, yeah. This is a perfect Jennifer Lawrence role. You're 100% right. Surprised you didn't catch it. Uh, Kristen Wiig, I thought, also would have been a nice... I throw her. you need a funny woman because she needs to be comedic and then yeah. turn bad yeah the thing is bryce dallas howard if i remember like iconic roles from her i'm thinking like jurassic world i'm thinking lady in the water uh i'm not thinking anything that's comedy related really <coughs> bryce dallas howard's in lady in the water yeah is she the lady she's the lady i didn't know that the lady she's the lady hold yeah. on let me keep talking i'm gonna go look at this shit um you know she's ron howard's daughter so a little hollywood nepotism ron howard uh director never heard of him oh that is her you're right she's so young in this though yeah i mean that's so weird 20 something years ago no wonder dude she looks totally different she's like a freak yeah that's why she's the lady in the water I got you. Her running away from the T-Rex in uh, you know, Jurassic World is very different from what she's doing here. Let, let's talk about what happens in this movie because we detracted a little bit. And that's when Yeah, and you, you definitely need to tell me because I fell asleep. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's backtrack here. When did you fall asleep? I mean, you fell asleep and, a couple times. And just a heads up, I do not like you're I wanna spoil this movie for you so the people at home don't like go see Major it. spoilers Major coming your spoilers, way. Major spoilers, don't care. She's like, oh my gosh, and she has all these like subconscious she can fight and do all this craziness, which didn't show up at any point up until then, even though there was plenty of opportunity, but that's besides the point. Um Weird. Happened earlier for Jason Bourne. 
And so then she's kind of talking to Sam Rockwell about it, and then she's talking to Alfie about it, and then somebody shows up at the house, I think. They get spotted, right? Or they get found at the vineyard with the grapes. They do a 10-minute Pinot Noir fucking monologue for nothing, but that's all right. And I fall asleep. Okay, so from there, they go to this palace where they meet this keeper of secrets. And the keeper of secrets has a USB... (laughs) No, 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 I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. No way. You're not just like, maybe it's the keeper of secrets. She says, she says that as a specific line. She says, I am the keeper of secrets, so you know I can keep your secrets safe. Oh, I missed. That's the best scene in the movie, probably, right? That's so funny. So she's part of the division. She's on the on the list. And then she asks uh, Sam Rockwell if, if that's true. And then uh, they drug them. And then they wake up uh, with Brian Cranston. Now, is that when you woke up? Yeah, and she's being interviewed by some woman. Uh, they they need to get more information out of Sam Rockwell, so she's like, "Let's go interrogate him." And then they go and interrogate him. And are you falling asleep again? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Okay, so I'll make this quick. So they go to him, and then she does the a order shot, uh, like the the vascular corridor shot. Oh, okay, then I know where we are. So she was brainwashed to believe that she uh, is in the hospital for an ice skating accident when in reality she's like wait do i have a background in ice skating and sam rockwell is probably like probably yeah you were you were okay room is just covered and caked the whole entire floor is caked in oil because people were shooting bullets oil tanks exploded why are there oil in there they never explain why when you shoot the tanks and oil comes out that that didn't immediately cause any fire get her bang 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 boys there's oil all over the ground we gotta stop firing our bullets put the guns down now everybody one at a time for 30 seconds we're all gonna pull out our knives and we're gonna slowly creep ah yes and we slowly creep now i'm attaching the knives on the bottom of my boots and i'm gonna take my other knife and i'm gonna attach it on top of my gun with no attachments possible and i'm gonna create a bayonet boys let's keep creeping (laughs) do i have like you know background in ice skating i do okay and now I'm out. And now I'm skating across the oil. Just to be clear, it's just a floor that has oil on it. And you are now ice skating at mock fucking speed. <laughs> Olympic skaters have just absolutely just like we're going for it. So you're zooming around, slicing my boys up. They're going down one by one. And again, the reason we got our knives out, we can't shoot any guns. The oil will go boom. Wait, before I do that, True. something comes over the radio to only your team. Uh, guys, you can now use your guns for no particular reason. And now, <laughs> I I didn't hear that announcement at all, but for some reason, I'm just going to go gung-ho. And I Rambo, and I shoot in a circle, spinning on ice skates, and shoot everybody in the room. The room that should have exploded, and then I have to kill you with my knife. When you do a spinning, like, axle, and then you throw it, like, right at my chest. and It's a bad movie. So this movie, does it work? I don't know what's working, but whatever it is, it just needs to be a lot less. There's no setups and payoffs. Like, every time that there's a twist, it was like, you know. The Brian Cranston one was decent. That one was good. When she's like, oh, we got here, like, in nothing flat something just felt very wrong about that and i think i was still processing that like she was in chicago and she was like oh we're gonna hop on a plane and meet you there and this girl has nowhere to go but for some reason Catherine o'hara just ends up in london and in a hotel room before she's there 
Yeah, and this girl is on the streets of London. Why wouldn't you meet at the airport? It's sloppy writing. It's lazy writing. It's boring writing. It's also not written by Matthew Vaughn, so maybe that's the thing. This feels like a first draft. It needs to be tighter. It's got to be, you know, we really want that quick wit stuff. Everything feels really poorly stitched together. And I know we didn't say final thoughts and ratings, but I'm like, I'm done. So after all that being said, it's a one. It's a stinker. It's a dud of the year. Uh, we've had a lot of duds hit. Like, I can't even remember them, but obviously this is the most recent dud, so it sticks out a lot more. I think you said it in a previous episode. One of the most criminal things you could do when making a movie is have it be boring. And this was just a boring, boring movie where it did some things, but it never really tied it together. It didn't really have those setups and payoffs in if we compare this immediately to something that we love, like Kingsman. If you think about the beginning of Kingsman, it's not even it set it up so perfectly. Eggsy's problems were just so apparent and so, you know... Relatable? Yeah. So easy to understand and we can immediately identify with him. Even if you didn't grow up in that kind of setting, you knew what was going on with him. You understood him. You rooted for him. In this case, there was nothing to root for for Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, we really didn't care about our character... Once Sam Rockwell's character comes into it, we're kind of more on his side than anything. At some point, I want to care about something in this movie. They never give me the opportunity to. And yes, the worst thing you can do is be boring. I know I've been hard, and I'm always a little bit harsher on action movies, but like this makes, I'd watch Demolition Man before this. You need to have a cohesive story, and that's what this is missing. The whole problem with this movie is the writing. Visually, it's a very good looking movie i wouldn't say great though because the cgi is also very suspect for a movie that uh is is helmed by a filmmaker that is so well known for making such visual and stunning action set pieces the church sequence in kingsman i know we keep talking about kingsman and just jerking off kingsman right now (laughs) but like it was such a good movie and to see this and see how far he has not come it's so crazy. It's such a drop from from his heights. And yeah, arguably, I have to give it a one. Don't waste your time this year. Wait till end of Fe- Maybe February can be re- we'll get some redemption. But March, Oscars, I can't wait. Uh, well, March, uh, we get Dune too. Yeah, waiting for Dune. R- rise up, Dune. Rise up. This has been another miserable episode of Take 303. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us. Wish we had better things to watch, but... It is what it is. Uh, make sure you're following us at Fortway underscore media and, of course, at take.303. You can check out our reel. I, I got a compliment, Nick. He edited a couple good ones lately that I really like. And, uh, yeah, check us out there. By the way, um, it is 2024 for us. And besides the podcast, we work on lots of different things. Um, we got a, a few things cooking right now, and we're really excited. So, hey, if you want to know what we're up to or you got a project that you think could use our eye and our creative touch, let us know, fourwaymedia.com, book an appointment. This week's poll question of the week is, what is the best Matthew Vaughn movie? Is it one of the Kingsmen? Is it one of the X-Men? Because that's probably it. Kick-Ass. Oh, and Kick-Ass. Definitely has been there. Vote. Love to hear your thoughts. And we're going to keep the same uh, question of the week. We'd like to know if there are any other categories you want us to do. Um, we got a lot of fun categories. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much for watching. Catch you next time when we watch... Lisa Frankenstein. Lisa Frankenstein. I hope... Yeah, we're watching Lisa Frankenstein. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.